0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Mike Russin. I am so glad to have you all here with me today. The first thing I want to say is this, is that um, to our recent donors, there's a pretty good list from the last episode. I want to say thank you so much uh, from the Patreon account. Um, I have something special planned for all of you, so I don't want you to think that I just forgot I'm blowing you off. Uh, You will get your shout outs. And then I have a special plan for you guys for the next episode. Uh, We're going to do a little bit of a giveaway for everybody that's donated recently. So helps me. uh, We're putting that money away. I'm matching every donation right now so that we can uh, build it. I mean, really put together a really nice studio uh, and get some guests. I've got some really fun guests lined up uh, for this. I can't wait to start doing guests. I think that's going to take this to a whole nother level. So, I've got some great topics for everybody today. Uh, the first one that I wanted to start with uh, should be a fun one for everybody that's listening. And this is closing. So I had somebody, uh, our media guru sent this over to me. and She said, uh, why are you not closing in business and life? Thought that this might be a good topic for people to hear. And I agree. Why are you not closing in business or in life? I will tell you why. I believe I've always been a closer. I'm not tooting my own horn, it's just a fact. I've always been a closer. When I was in the life insurance industry, my closing ratio was up over 80%. Now, with staffing, I'm still closing people on an opportunity. In our closing, I've got probably, and I'll say this publicly, I got the best company overview on the planet. There's nobody that touches my company overview. Nobody. You could, dude, you could have me, have me staff a box folder position, and I will get the room full of people excited about folding boxes. That's just that's what I'm good at. That's what I know. You know what I'm saying? There are a lot of things I ain't good at, but I can close. It doesn't matter what it is. And what's funny is, is that closing in business, in life are the same. Like, if you want to win in life, you got to be a closer. Everything in life is closing. Like if you're a man and you want a wife, that's it, you got to close a woman, right? (laughs) Like everything in life, going to the store and getting a discount on something is, is, is closing. Getting, paying just above or below MSRP for a vehicle, that's closing. Like everything in life is a sale. When you go to a job interview, you have to sell yourself. When you're sitting on a, in a date, you have to sell yourself, right? Everything in life is a sale. So people are like, oh, I'm not good at sales. I don't like sales. I don't know many people that let that come out of their mouth that are like crushing life. Most people, even if they're not in sales that I know that are highly successful, are very, very good closers. I've had the opportunity recently to meet with a couple different business executives. None of them are in sales necessarily, but they're talking about closing investors for their business. They were talking about getting loans at the bank after being denied previously when they start, Like, dude, closing is such an essential skill in life. Like, you've got to learn how to close. You can't be a dog, especially as a man, and not know how to close. So how do you learn how to close in sales and life and everything? I'm going to tell you how. Number one, you have to have a belief in yourself. That's more than anything else. Like people talk about a belief in the product. That's closing advice that you're gonna hear everywhere. You gotta believe in what you're selling. Absolutely, I agree with that wholeheartedly. You have to have a belief in what you're selling, okay? You're, because, but at the end of the day, whoever it is, a woman, the bank teller, the loan officer, the girl across from you at the bar, the guy across from you at the dinner table, whoever it may be, the interviewer across from you at a job interview, the first thing they're buying is you. And how can you sell somebody on yourself? Well, you got to be sold on yourself first. You've got to be sold on yourself to, to be able to sell yourself to other people, right? People are animals, which means we pick up on things that we don't even realize. We pick up on things that we don't even realize. I got a guy that works in one of my organizations that he swears. I'm telling you, he's spot on. He knew my wife was pregnant before any of us did. This guy can smell when women are ovulating. It's crazy. It's kind of creepy, but it's true. It's just a fact. He knows. You know what I'm saying? So, The point is, is that we as animals, people pick up on subtle subconscious cues. And if you're not sold on yourself, if you don't think like I'm the man, if you don't think like I'm the woman, if you don't have belief in yourself, people will pick up on that. One of the biggest things when I'm and and this is what I do for a living now is I staff, I do interviews, I do interviews all day all week long. And over the past six to seven months of doing this business, I could tell you that the people that have gotten through the process and transitioned into into a career and are smacking the cover off the ball right now are the ones that had confidence in themselves in that final interview. You've got the first thing anybody's going to buy from you if you're selling a product is you. So, like, if you're selling life insurance, it doesn't matter how good the price is or the product is. If they don't trust you, they ain't buying the product. You feel me? Like, I will go to three or four dealerships to find a salesman that I trust to buy a car. And I will probably spend more at a dealership with a salesman that I trust more than somebody that's slimy. And like you can pick up on sliminess in people very quickly. Like I've had some people in business burn me recently and in the past that I can remember going home to my wife and being like, man, this guy hasn't given me any real reason to dislike him, right? He hasn't given me any real reason to distrust him. But I just don't trust this guy. Like I ain't gonna let him get too close. I ain't gonna let her get too close. And my instinct has always been right. Like if you got if you got like a vibe from somebody that they're slimy or mousy or like a rat, they probably are. People that are slimy, mousy, and rat-like, they give off a, a vibe. You're working with a salesman, like you know, because I, I and it's funny because you'll see symptoms of this in their life. They're not faithful to their spouses. They have a lot of quality issues in their business. There's constant complaints from customers and stuff like Like, you're going to find this stuff over and over and over again. They're the ones that, like, if somebody's willing to talk poorly behind closed doors about somebody else, they're going to do it to you, for sure. So, like, people will pick up on sliminess. And I think that sliminess, why are people slimy? Why are people rat-like? Why are people untrustworthy? It's normally because they're broken. I mean, really, with the book that I have on my desk, it's just, it's sin. It's the power of sin. But it's because they're internally broken. Something within them is telling them, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I don't know if it's trauma. I don't know if it's upbringing. It's something in them that has caused them to believe that the only way they can get ahead in life is by screwing other people over. So that's why having confidence in yourself, truly being confident in yourself is so important in the world of sales and in life in general. So number one, if you wanna be a closer, you have to have self-confidence, but I can't just stop there. I have to tell you how to get self-confidence. The way that you get self-confidence is that you build small victories for yourself over a long period of time that eventually culminate into larger victories. Like small victories happen behind the scenes between you and you. Those small victories precede any big victories that you're going to have in the future publicly. Small victories look like this, getting up with the first time the alarm goes off sticking to your diet even on the weekend going to the gym that day you were feeling a little bit under the weather and got the workout anyways because i'll tell you what right now a bad workout is better than no workout small victories is coming home after a long day at work and all you want to do is tune out zone out and not engage anymore but you still do your 10 pages of reading that you committed to yourself that you would do Because what happens is these small victories, you start to build confidence because over a long enough time period, you're going to see results. Why do people start to get small victories and stop? It's because they don't see results right away, right? So the culmination of small victories in your life, we're going to start to manifest outwardly in big victories that people see on the big... Like Tom Brady doesn't just come out and win Super Bowls and then go into a hole. This dude is putting in work... Hour after hour, minute after minute, day after day after day, day in, day out with discipline, focus, drive, and never deviating from the system. So he does all these things behind the scenes and then goes and wins the Super Bowl publicly. Are you going to – whether or not you even make it to your Super Bowl is going to be contingent on your execution of your daily disciplines. So if you want to build self-confidence, if you want to be a confident person – It comes from accumulating small victories day in and day out, and that boils down to discipline. You wanna have self-confidence, I'm gonna tell you how right now. Do you wanna have self-confidence? Do you finally want to be a confident person? Cultivate discipline, because discipline means doing the things that you're supposed to be doing, how you're supposed to be doing them, regardless of how you feel, right? And when you do that, You start to accumulate those small victories. You start to prove to yourself, I did it. I did it. I didn't want to do it, but I did it. And now I feel great. And then you go and you win on the big stage. So how do you be a closer? I'll tell you how. You be disciplined and you execute day in and day out, regardless of how you feel. You're going to cultivate self-confidence. And when you cultivate self-confidence, you start to believe in yourself. And other people start to believe in you. And then it's easier to sell yourself. So step one of being a good closer, that's a long step one with a lot of sub steps to it. But it's true, is you gotta be confident. You gotta believe in yourself. Number two is you gotta be passionate. You have to have a passion, man. People don't buy from people that lack passion. People don't buy from people that lack passion. You've got to be passionate about what you're doing. Like enthusiasm, the last four letters of enthusiasm are I-A-S-M. I am sold myself. Are you enthusiastic? I would go back to, are you sold yourself on your product? And this goes back to number one. If your product is you, are you sold on you? Are you able to be enthusiastic in day-to-day interactions because you're sold on yourself? You are just humdrum because you don't believe in yourself. It's the same thing with the product. Whatever you're selling, you got to be sold on it. Would you use it yourself? Are you using it yourself? Like, imagine going to a... A BMW dealership and the guy your salesman leaves in a Mercedes. I don't know. That just wouldn't make sense to me. If I were to sell cars, I would drive the car that I'm selling, (laughs) right? Like you can't sell life insurance and not have life insurance. You can't sell suits without looking good and having a nice suit on, right? You gotta be enthusiastic and passionate about what you're selling. You have to. And that comes from a deeply rooted belief in what you're doing. And the easiest way to have a deeply rooted belief and passion about what you're doing is knowing in your heart of hearts that you're doing good for other people. It's knowing in your heart of hearts that you're doing good for other people. People that lack passion in sales and in life, typically don't believe in what they're doing they don't believe that they're having a positive impact it would be very difficult for me to be like a shoe salesman you know what i'm saying like i'm never a big like i got the goofiest wide-toed sneakers on right now i wear them with this outfit i wear them with i could i would wear i wouldn't wear shoes if i could ever ever and in fact i'm not wearing my shoes right now so I I I wouldn't be a very good shoe salesman cuz I'm not passionate. I don't believe that sh- like people really like I don't think shoes are changing people's lives out here, but there are some sneaker heads out there that are so passionate and they really do believe that having somebody somebody having a really good pair of shoes can make them feel good about themselves and start to feel more confident and they feel like they're doing something good for somebody. Good for you if that's you. I ain't hating on shoes. I'm just saying I couldn't do it. You got to be passionate. And step three, so step one is a belief in yourself. Step two is passion and enthusiasm. Now, I want to put an asterisk there. You don't have to be an over-the-top personality and have the gift of gab and be very animated like I am when it comes to sales. I know some killers that are very cool, calm, and collected, but when it comes down time to close, they got passion in their eyes. You could see it. You could sense it in them, right? Step number three to being a closer. And this is the most important step of them all. You've got to try and try and try and try and try and try. You've got to put shot after shot after shot after shot on goal. If you want the best closers in the world are the people that have collected the most no's. Did you hear what I just told y'all right now? You know why people fail and they suck at sales? It's not because they're not talented. It's not because they can't speak. It's not because they can't look. It's because they're so afraid to fail that they won't go out and get the no's that are necessary to get a big yes. Every strikeout brings you one step closer to a home run. I was watching this guy. He's like ranked. I can't remember what game it was. Uh, I was watching a baseball game the other night. And he had like a three hundred batting average, and he was like at the top of the league. To be at the top of the league in the in the MLB and pro baseball, making forty million dollars a year, you strike out seven out of ten times. You don't get on base seven out of ten times, if I understand baseball correctly. Y'all are afraid of a no, and this baseball player out here making twenty million dollars a year fails. of the time at the plate. But they're number one in the league and they're making $20, $40 million a year. You've got to go out and you've got to unabashedly fail and collect no's. Each strikeout brings you one step closer to a home run, right? The best closers on the planet are the ones that have taken more no's than anybody else. The problem is, is that they're able to go from failure to failure without a loss of enthusiasm. They go from failure to failure without a loss of enthusiasm. They don't get all in their feels when somebody says no. They just go to the next one. They go to the next one. They go to the next one. I remember this kid in college that I was sort of friends with. Dude, this guy, this kid would just get rejected. He got all the girls, but he was getting rejected more than anybody else. He wasn't especially good looking. He wasn't, he was funny. He had a great personality, but dude, this kid just went over. He would go from rejection to rejection to rejection and boom, land one, right? It's crazy. People in life that crush it are the ones that can go from failure to failure without a loss of enthusiasm. So to to close this part of the discussion, if you want to close the closing conversation, all right, there's some alliteration for you. If you want to be the best closer that you could possibly be, you got to go collect no's. You got to go fail over and over and over again. That's all. The best closers get told no no more than anybody else. It's because they're they're at bat more than anybody else. They're willing to strike out more than anybody else. So if you want to be a closer, well, let me tell you something. Go out and fail. Collect a bunch of no's. The best way to learn is from a no. Success teaches you very little. Success teaches you very, very little. Failure is the true teacher in life. Failure molds you into the man or woman i saw this one of my mentors in business uh posted this the other day about a golf ball golf balls used to be perfectly smooth and then they found out that as that golf ball got hit and got dented it flew further right so golf balls now have all those little grooves in them or holes whatever you want to call it they're not holes there's little dents all over the golf ball right it's not smooth anymore Isn't that such a beautiful metaphor for life? Now those golf balls, a a, a dented golf ball with the little, little rivet divots in it, okay, will go much farther than a perfectly smooth one. Okay, that's life. Like the little dents, the chips, everything, it allows us to go further faster, right? Isn't that such a beautiful metaphor that our dents are just like a golf ball as we get dented, We end up flying farther and faster. We become more aerodynamic in life. So like whether it's no's. Whether it's setbacks. Whether it's betrayals. Whether it's this. A breakup. It doesn't matter. You just got to go from no to no. From failure to failure. From setback to setback. From loser to loser. From hater to hater. From... Backstabbing the backs and just without a loss of a passion and enthusiasm, I can tell you right now, there's no human being on this planet that can take me out of the game. There's no human being on this planet that's not that's going to do something to me so horrible that I'm just going to get up one day and just not work. Like it doesn't matter what you do to me, doesn't matter. I'm going to show up and I'm going to get the job done day in and day out every single day. I'm going to show up and I'm going to go to work and I'm going to find a way to win. Because here's the thing. When people see, there's two types of people. When people see you go through massive amounts of adversity and still come out on top, they are inspired. Other people when they see you go through massive amounts of adversity and still come out on top, they are—they wanna drag you right back down into the pit. Why? Because they know in their soul and in their heart, they would never, ever be capable of doing something like that. And the symptoms of it are all over their lives. Broken relationships, broken health, brokenness, Broken that, broken bank account, broken left and right. Everything in their life is a symptom that points to the fact that they have such low self-worth that they can't even stand to see other people win. It makes them sick. It makes them sick. Because they know they ain't got the character. They don't have the internal fortitude. They don't have the balls To go out and win in the world. So they got to lie. They got to cheat. They got to steal to get ahead. It's the crabs in the bucket. One of the crabs starts getting to the top. You better reach up and pull them down. Pull them back down in this bucket of misery and shit with us. They don't want to see you win. This is why you don't respond to haters. This is why you don't give haters attention. This This is why because... What you need to do is just keep going out and winning. Just keep going out and collecting W's and posting W's over and over and over and over again. It has their lives deteriorate and fall apart. See, when somebody else becomes so focused on you. Like when somebody else becomes so focused on you that they just want to take you out of the game. And you just keep going out and working and winning and working and winning. Like our recruiting company had its biggest week ever this past week. Biggest week ever this past week. We part ways with the first company coming in the second. within within We we built a million dollar a year business within six months. People hate that. They hate to see it. And what they don't realize is all this time spent focusing on you. They're going farther and farther backwards. And you're... It's keep denting me. I'm just gonna keep flying forward. Keep denting me. Go ahead. Bing, bong, bing, bong. Bounce me around. Beat me up a little bit. I love it. I love this. I love it. Keep denting me. Dude, I, I have a sick relationship with pain. It makes me so much better. It makes me so much better. That's why. Thank your haters. I love those shirts. It's true. Because what they don't see is that all this time spent on you fangirling over you. Fanboying over you. What they don't see is all that time that they're wasting and spending away from their, distracted from their families and their kids. Right? Distracted from their spouses. Distracted from their job. Distracted from their self-development. They're just going farther and farther backwards. And someday they won't even be a footnote in your story. It won't even be a footnote in your story. You know, like you got that ex that cheated on you. And you they see you out happy on social media. You're starting to get in shape again. Listen to me. You got that ex that cheated on you. They're out. They see you starting to get in shape again. They start seeing you go out on dates over, you know, you start dating this other person, and you two look really, really happy. And you're, 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 they hate it. They want to drag you back. So they start to try to antagonize you and do this and do that. And they start to lack. They start to not focus on their own personal development. They start to not focus on their family. They start to not focus on their relationships. And you just keep doubling down on yours and doubling down on yours and doubling down on yours and paying them no mind and getting better and better and better. Someday... When you're getting married and you got this beautiful family and you got five kids and all this stuff, you ain't even gonna talk about that ex that cheated on you. They would they won't even be anywhere near your mind. And where are they gonna be? Where are they gonna be? Yeah, you gotta stop work. I get this question all the time like, how do you deal with haters? How do you do this? Just pay them no mind. Just use it as fuel to make yourself even better. Anytime somebody comes at me, I'm like, Thank you. Thank you. That's what I'm going to need next Monday when it's raining out and I don't want to get up at 4.30 in the morning. Next Tuesday when I'm just burnt out from working all weekend because I've worked every weekend for the past six months and I don't feel like getting up and doing a bunch of interviews and bringing the energy to the company overviews and all this. I'm going to bring all the energy. I'm going to be excited. I'm going to be the first one in the office, the last one out. I'm going to be even more zoned in because of you. Thank you. Thank you. Hater, thank you. Thank you. That's what the shirts say. Haters make me greater. When I'm going through that last set and I'm struggling, I just think about y'all. Oh, boom, it goes up. It's motivation. It's fuel. It's fire. But here's the thing. I don't want to give these people too much credit. It burns quick. You know what I'm saying? It's like a you throw... I had a big bonfire last night. You throw a, a little... Yeah, there's like this little wrapper on the ground. I think it was a used tissue. It's a used tissue. You throw the used tissue in the fire. It gives you a nice little boost. Nice little flash in the pan. And then it's gone. Why? Because it's a used tissue. You know what I'm saying? It's just used. It's dirty. But it is good fuel for a second. But here's the thing. You can't rely on that fuel long term. You can't rely on that fuel long term. So it's healthy sometimes but you don't want to hyper fixate on it. You know what I mean? Then you start feeding them too much. Then you start feeding your dark side too much. And when you feed your dark side too much, that's when you want to lash out. That's when you want to do something that you shouldn't do. You know what I'm saying? Like me, three or four years ago, I don't know how I would have reacted in some of the situations I've had to deal with in the past two years. I don't think it would have been good. But now, because I got God, And I got the spirit and I got goals and I got a pregnant wife and I got a family that I'm about to provide for and a world that I'm about to change and I'm zoned in, more zoned in than I've ever been in my entire existence on this planet. I would never, like you can't, you can't jeopardize the rest of your life over a hater. You can't jeopardize the rest of your life over a hater. The guy had a a friend of mine recently that was dealing with some, this person that just won't leave him alone. He's like, dude, I just want to go break this kid's teeth out of his face. I'm like, you can't do, I'm like, so you get a felony, you go to, you go to jail for felonious assault and this dude walks and now you're rotting in a prison cell and he's out doing just being an idiot all over the planet freely. You can't do anything that's going to jeopardize your future. You just got to stay focused and stay committed. And how do you do that? How do you make sure that you stay in the spirit? It's this right here. I'm holding up a Bible for the people listening. It's this book. If you aren't in the word every single day, all day, it's not, there's this new like, oh yeah, I read the Bible once in the morning and then I'm good for the day. No, like do you fill your car up? Like, How often does a NASCAR, like look at NASCAR, look at Formula One. Okay, in a NASCAR race, they don't just fuel up once at the beginning of the race and then they're good. Now they gotta fuel up. I don't know how many times it is, but it's more than once. Like your day is like a NASCAR race, and if you're only fueling up in the morning, I'm telling you, by two o'clock, you're gonna be on empty. And if you don't go back and fuel up again, this is why this Bible goes with me everywhere. Ask anybody that's around me now. This Bible travels with me in the car. It comes with me into the office. It's attached to my hip. Because I know I'm not strong enough. I know I'm not strong enough to do it on my own. I'm not strong enough. I'm not good enough. We are all inherently wicked. Oh, Mike, I'm not a bad person. How about we do this? Let's get a recording of all your thoughts. Just your thoughts. Not even the ones you acted on. Just your thoughts. And we'll we'll filter out the most perverse, disgusting thoughts you've had for the past year. And let's sit your grandmother, your mother, and your father down. And your children, if you have kids. And let's play that for them. Tell me that you're a good person again. I'm not good enough. I'm not good at all. In fact, it's not that I'm not good enough. I'm not good at all. And neither are you. You are not good at all. You're not. None of us are. When you start to think that you're good enough, and you start to lean on your own strength. That is when you get broken without remedy. I'm not good enough to do it on my own. I'm not I'm not good at all. That's why I need this. This is why I need Jesus. This is why I need God in my life. Because I'm not good at all. And neither are you, my friend. See, you've been brainwashed by the church now, this pathetic weak, watered down. Western church. You've been brainwashed. You show up every weekend. How can this be about me? I go to church so that I can feel connected to God. I go to church so that I can feel inspired in worship. I go to church for motivation. I go to church to get filled up every week. It's Do you see the ego in our culture? It's all about how you feel, isn't it? It's just how you feel. That's what's most important, right? Not serving the one true Almighty God. It's how you feel. Let's make you feel good. You wonder why you're struggling with the same things now you were a year ago as a Christian. A tree will be judged by the fruit that it bears. If you are not bearing different fruit, better fruit, my, my guess is you aren't truly saved. You think you're saved because you said a prayer once when you were seven years old? I've got some bad news for you. I've got some real bad news for you. When you die, you ain't going where you think you're going. I've struggled with this a lot in the past couple of months. I've talked about this the past couple of months on my podcast. I don't think I was ever saved until just recently. And the reason why, listen to me very carefully about what I'm going to say to you right now. The reason why I am confident that I am saved now isn't because of it's all Jesus Christ. That's how I know I'm saved. It's Jesus paid the ultimate price for me. As a sinner, by dying on the cross, his my sins were transmuted to him, his righteousness to me. It's nothing I did. I'm not good. It's not because I said a prayer. It's because Jesus died for my sins, and I believe in Him. However, if I could point to something else, I know that I'm saved because I feel worse now than I ever have in my life. What do I mean by that? I am more convicted and disgusted with myself now than I have ever been in my entire existence on this planet. Being saved is not a good feeling. Yes, when it happens, absolutely, we are thankful, we're grateful to do it. It's the best feeling in the world. But sanctification, I should say. The process of sanctification is one of the ugliest processes to go through and it never ends it never ends because when you remove the big sins you just get more aware of the medium ones they're so like man well i'm not having sex with a bunch of people and doing drugs and drunk driving and this and that or gambling or divorced or blah blah all the other big cheating on my wife cheating on my husband When you remove the big things you just start to see the medium things the words that are coming out of your mouth, the way that you think in certain situations. Then you get rid of those things and then you see the real small things. You start to become violently aware of the small things, little tiny thoughts and feelings and all of this and it just becomes overwhelming sometimes. The way that you know you're safe is that in the process of sanctification, you should feel worse than you ever have in your life. More conviction. And you should be remorseful. Remorseful. That's how you know you're saved. Not because you went and, yay, on a Sunday. And then the preacher told you to live your best life and that God wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and all this craziness, this absolute heresy. Heresy. Some of these preachers that you guys post on your Instagram stories every single week are going to the hottest circle of hell and they're dragging you right down with them. And I hear this before. Well, Mike, isn't it better that people hear from that kind of person that never go to church at all? No, I don't believe in that at all because what you're buying is a false gospel and a false sense of security in that false gospel. I think that's more dangerous than anything else because it tricks you into thinking that you're truly safe. And in that, your name is nowhere in that book of life. Scary thing. To think about so longer episode today but i just had a lot on my heart man so uh if you guys got anything out of this i think it's patron dot com slash obsidian achievement uh please donate please just help us i want to get a studio i want to have guests you know i want to get better equipment and mics and lighting and all that so I appreciate all of you. I love all of you. And uh, let's have a great, great day today. All right, peace.